And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on Today's Experience. It's fantastic, phenomenal, always fun, usually somewhat fascinating. Friday as we head into the weekend, not being afraid, even if the earth gives way or the mountains fall into the seas, because our help comes from the Lord. First, we often think of covenants as a two-sided agreement or a contract or a testament. That makes sense. Here's the problem. We, people, are super-duper lousy at keeping covenants, especially with God, and he knows that. That's why the New Testament involves Jesus, because we need help on our side of things. But it's not a new principle. It turns out that God coordinated the same thing with Abraham and then again with King David. Next, politics makes me all warm inside, just like the feeling I have before I throw up. But there are crossovers between the kingdom of God and the ruling affairs of mankind. It's pretty simple. God is always in charge, despite what liberals or conservatives, capitalists or socialists, Democrats or Republicans think or say. People just think they are in control. Primarily, though, they think they're in control because they are dumb. But kingdom kids should be using one tactic for consistent crossover. It's called prayer. And finally, here's a brain buster. Only God can forgive sins. So hold on to your hats and your bonnets because I'm not done. God forgives sins. People forgive sins. God can forgive anyone. We can't forgive anyone, just the sins of those who hurt us. But we can't dismiss the sins of those who are completely disconnected or detached from us. Only God can do that. Exactly. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities and oive. So much more. You know, so you know what? So much more. How much? So much more. Thanks. We're asking you, what do you think? You can email us, david at he must increase.org. That's david at he must increase.org. You can text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us at 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you make that phone call, Captain Chris will answer, It's just like getting fresh Rice Krispie uh, dessert treats right out of the oven, just put in front of you. Just the greatest. Because then you will be... That's right. I've lost it. (laughs) Is this the day? Sure. (laughs) 
seems like it to me. Anyhow, here's the bottom line, folks. Maybe you have a question, a thought, a comment, or an opinion. Maybe you have a praise report, a prayer request. Maybe like, Sergio, you just have a question. I'm just trying to figure it out, man. And that's exactly what we should be doing. Now, while we're figuring it out, we do exhibit trust and confidence in God as we are growing and as we are learning and as we are stepping towards him. And as we do that, the most amazing thing happens. He opens up our eyes, our hearts, and our minds, and we start to understand things we never did before. But you might have something that you're looking to share, and you might have a prayer request. You might have a praise report. You may have something that's on your mind. you got something in your heart. Just looking to get some answers. Before you do, let's answer this trivia question. Who offered these words of comfort? Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Who said that? If you think you know, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. Additionally, you can send an email, david, at hemustincrease.org. So those are three uh, different ways that you can reach out to us, which uh, should make it pretty simple. Keep in mind a couple of things. This is not professional radio. It's just radio. So therefore, any topics open for conversation, kind of, if you really want to get into physics and string theory, probably not my strongest uh, area, but I can talk to you about strings on a guitar. I don't know if that'll help, but I could. Don't forget the show's a cross between Steve Martin, Sean Hannity, and Focus on the Family. So you just got to buckle up and sometimes <laughs> just smile and go, there's something wrong with that guy. <laughs> so, did they drop him on his head when he was young? No. I told you before, I was riding my bicycle into the garage. I grabbed the rope. I swung upside down in the garage, 12 feet in the air. The rope broke, and I landed on my head and was in the hospital for three days. So did you fall on your head, Dave? Yes, on cement. Thanks. Uh, we ready for somebody to answer the trivia question? I feel sorry for people today. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Gary. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, Gary. How are you doing? Great to well, hear you. Well, I'm voice. making it. I'm... I'm alive. Yeah, it's <laughs> been a, it, better. Has it been a hard last couple of days because of the weather? Or is that not it have that direct impact? For us, we were just like huddled in the house. I figured that's why you you had the encore performances because of the weather. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I you're did, back today. Yeah, it was not a problem today. I went out on Wednesday, and I actually went really early because I thought, well, if I go early enough, and then the first thing that happens is this part of the 30 is closed. I'm like, that's that's not going to help me because <laughs> I need that road to move forward. And so it was just like it was just shut down after shut down. At that point, I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> you, were you glad to be back? I love being here, and I love—I uh, actually love it when we have the engagement. We talk to one another, and we encourage one another. It encourages me. Part of this ministry that goes to others directly comes back to me while it's happening, which is something that I really appreciate. It's well, I'm glad you're back. Yeah, I'm glad that you are glad I'm back, too. That's cool. <laughs> All right, here we go. Who offered these words of comfort? Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. The angel, Archangel Gabriel. That is correct, sir! You are right, 100%. Great words of comfort, right? Mary must have been an awfully decent person. I'm telling you. <laughs> I, think, I think my life would have been more, and most people's lives would have been more like Gideon. Yeah? You like me? What's going on here? <laughs> That's what, that would have been what I <laughs> I forgot was, to choose Mary to yeah. have... <laughs> 
have uh, the Son of God, uh, have Jesus. Uh, she must have been a very decent person. Very decent indeed. A lot better spirit than most of us. That's all yeah. I'm going to say. Excellent job, Gary. Really, really appreciate it. Okay, thank you, and I'll keep praying for you. Thank you, bro. God bless. Bye-bye. All right, Gary, step in. All right, we got a limited time. Let's get to this real quickly, okay? All right. 2 Samuel 23.5. I got a couple Second Sammies. Okay, 2 Samuel 23.5. Is it not true with my house? Uh, it, I'm sorry. Is it not true my house is with God? For he has established an everlasting covenant with me, ordered and secured in every detail. He Will he not bring about my whole salvation and my every desire? Let me just go back and I'll reread it again, but I want you to see what David's saying. Is it not true my house is with God? For he has established an everlasting covenant with me, ordered and secured in every detail. Will he not bring about my whole salvation and my every desire? God's covenant with us in the Old Testament was a great covenant that we couldn't keep for any. It's like a secret that somebody, you ever play that game telephone and somebody tells a secret and it goes about time, goes around. It's so messed up. Nobody even knows what happened. That's how we are keeping covenants. <laughs> it's just like we're so bad. And so David goes, look, it, God is the establisher. God is the one who's doing this stuff. He's establishing the ground, the ground rules. It's a never-ending agreement. It's eternal, but that only comes to a full understanding through Jesus Christ. But listen to these three elements. It's kind of four elements, but three elements. He said the covenant is ordered, secured, and every detail is coordinated. What? What do you mean every detail? What about all those times in my life where I come to a cross in the road, so to speak, and then I have left, right, straight, what am I doing? And it's like every part of your journey that you are experiencing, God, who is omniscient, experienced already. And you think, well, how is that possible? It doesn't make sense. Of course it doesn't make sense to a linear being who has the understanding of birth, death, and life ex exists between those two points. God is an interlinear being, which means he revolves in and out of time since he owns time. He's not stuck in one time frame, and he knows every alternate route. You've heard me teach about that before. He knows everything you are or are not going to do, and he chose you anyway. And then he made a covenant with you, secured ordered every detail and it's a whole salvation which is the reason i want to say that is this isn't tiny bits and pieces in god god has you fully covered not oh, i'm just covered here because i go to church you're covered by the work of jesus christ by the empowerment of the holy spirit by the grace granted by god almighty king of the universe and because by faith you said yes please that's why you're covered. That's why it's ordered. That's why it's secured. All right, folks, we're going to take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Just as I am, you reach down and see you. Hello. 
Captain Chris here from the David Spoon Experience. I help coordinate the radio show, and we're looking for a few good people to join our crew and become representatives, ambassadors, and stewards of the radio ministry. Now, you may be thinking, well, gee, I'd love to get involved, but I'm not very qualified for ministerial positions. Me too! The truth is that because you are a child of our Heavenly Father, that you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you seek to live by the power of the Holy Spirit, you already have all that you need to have to be part of this ministry. Uh, but Chris, don't I need to be perfect? <laughs> no! Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website, and then click on the Ambassador's Initiative link. Fill out the form, and we will reach out to you. Sorry, no parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position, though you may appeal to a higher power. What is the David Spoon experience? By the way, I found out uh, just the other day, I know you don't know this, but I found out that I am one of the most hated uh, people in the United States of America and in the world. Did you know that? Uh, because you're a middle-aged white guy? Huh. Let me help you out here, son. Let me help you out. Not only am I a middle-aged white guy. By the way, thanks for the middle-age line. <laughs> thanks, pal. I appreciate that. I'm not uh, that far behind. Uh, okay, well, that's not the point. The point is I'm also – ready? Ready? I'm also Jewish, okay? So I have a lot of people that don't like me right there. I'm Christian, so I have a lot of people that don't like me right there. I'm conservative. I have a lot of people that don't like me right there. I'm an American. Got a lot of people that don't like me right there. I mean, you see where we're going with this? And and I have a talk show. <laughs> so that's just, you put all those together. On my you got points, me left. Yeah, I love I, you, buddy. I mean, come on. You know, just because they love me doesn't mean uh, they're right. And just because they hate me doesn't mean they're wrong. The Christian faith is being attacked. 50 years ago, people would disagree with Christianity, but with a sense of respect. Those days are over. The rage, the flesh, the enemy, and the atmosphere of sin is growing and growing. Jesus said in Matthew 24, the love of many will grow cold. And if it's not the end now, it's certainly a lot closer than it was yesterday. You may be from a Baptist background. David Spoon has that. You may have a Pentecostal background. He has that too. You may have a non-denominational background. Yep, he's got that as well. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience on God Country, Texas, 770 KAAM. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. I should tell you this. So we've got another trivia question I'm going to offer up. Very challenging trivia question, by the way. So just, I'm just telling you now, okay? Challenging. So I'm going to give you the only hint I can only possibly give you. So uh, here's the trivia question. Then I'm going to make a comment. Then we'll get the caller so on and so forth. Uh, so the caller is actually prior to the trivia question. So we're just keeping that. So uh, the trivia question is, is who said you are the God who sees me? You are the God who sees me. Here's your hint in that. Okay. So if you're going to text in or whatever or email in, here's your hint. It's in the book of Genesis. 
Okay, that's number one. Number two, I I, I just want to say, so sometimes when I do interviews and I was saying something to Chris, and the, our show gets a little wacky. I don't know if you figured that out. Uh, and sometimes when we do that, uh, we enjoy it. It's just part of the fun. And I remember, so I've interviewed uh, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of people, and some of them are very stoic and very, uh, very adult-like. And very, what's the word I'm looking for? Mature. They're, they're much more mature than I am. <laughs> okay. Like Dr. David Jeremiah, very, very mature. And then there were these ministers like Mike McIntyre, who was a pastor, uh, who passed away, but he was a pastor at uh, a, a, a large church in San Diego. And that guy was worse than me. We got, I'm just going to tell you, we got to talking one time. I asked him a question. We got off track by the next statement. We went through an entire segment. And then he goes, what was the question? <laughs> so I kept him over for a whole other segment. Because sometimes you just, you just got to have fun. You just got to enjoy it. Just make sure you understand. God has us covered. Okay. Do we have somebody who's going to ask a question? So let's do that uh, first. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, David, it's Samson again. Hey, what's happening? Hey, uh, I totally forgot. I had a very urgent prayer request uh, regarding Ukraine. I have a personal friend. Their their family is there. Uh, uh, like her brother just left the Kiev area, and his, his wife is two months pregnant. And Ooh. thank God that they had enough gas in their car so they were able to skate. So we're going to pray for them. And then we also have another uh, pastor who is helping in a war, troublesome area, uh, people to, to ha helping them to evacuate to their uh, safer place. And uh, there is a, another person who is uh, trying to rent an apartment for the refugees. So need, we need a prayer that God's favor and protection for, for these three, three different people. Uh, so I felt like, a, oh, this would be a, a good channel to spread the word so there will be more believers who would be praying uh, for these precious people, those who are trying to help. Uh, yeah. Well, what we'll do is we'll pray now. Everybody is listening. Make this a part of your prayer time. And we prayed earlier when we first started the, started the show, but multiple prayers for this situation is definitely warranted. That was one of the weird things yeah. that when I was praying for it earlier before, by myself in devotions, the Lord reminded me about all the missionaries that are there. It's like, there's a lot yeah. of missionaries there. People don't even realize that. It's like, oh, yeah, man, that's, that's a very good. dear fr friend yeah. of mine. She's from Ukraine and she's a missionary. Yeah. Uh, and they are doing work there. And um, actually, I've been praying for one of the church there from before this conflict started. Yeah. Uh, so the, so Ukraine is kind of dear to me in a spiritual realm. So I, I do pray for Ukraine even. All right, well, that, years, let's so. do it. Let's do it real quickly again, and then everybody needs to keep this on their heart because it's a petition we need to keep asking God. So let's pray. Yeah. Father, we come before you. We lift up these people specifically that Samson has brought to our attention. We pray for these people who are try, who are, are connected, who are friends, who are people trying to serve you in your kingdom, and, and everybody else. We don't want to exclude 
anybody. But when you know somebody, it just makes the whole process that much more uh, fervent, makes our our uh, concern just grow that much more in a natural capacity. And so we're just asking for that there could be peace, that there could be the sparing of life, there could be grace poured out in a situation that, as far as we can tell, it just looks massively horrible and full of iniquity and full of sin. And usually death follows that. And we're just asking for the preservation of life and protection for these that Samson has mentioned, for the people that are calling upon your name, and for everybody in that area, in that region, and that there would be a cessation of this insanity of mankind's lack of wisdom that would just allow them to hurt one another so deeply. Please have grace and mercy on these people, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yeah. Thank you, They brother. send us some uh, graphic pictures. I mean, wow. it's very, very horrendous to yeah. see that is happening there. Yeah. Well, yeah. we will cool. keep praying. We will keep praying, okay? Cool. Okay, hey, brother. Uh, earlier you were sharing a story that when you were younger, you fell on your head. Did you have hair back then? Yes. <laughs> But I did. But I didn't have a bicycle helmet because they didn't. Nobody had invented that yet. I just want to point that out to you. Thank you for bringing that up, Samson. Hey, I need to end it with a good. good that was a good one. That was good. a good one. All right, good job. Okay, love you, brother. Right, Thank you for care. praying for our friend. You got it. Bye bye. Okay. God bless. Bye bye. All right. <laughs> it's such a cracker. Did you have hair back then? Yes, although my ears, I think we're about the same. You'd think that would have deterred the drop just a little, but maybe not so much. All right, who said in the Old Testament, the book of Genesis, who said, you are the God who sees me? Here's a hint. Female. Book of Genesis, female. Let's see if you can figure. Ooh, those are two pretty good hints right there. Uh, you can reach us, 972-445-0770. You can also text 214-210-8483. And then you can send uh, an email, david at hemustincrease.org. We will push the humor part back and get into this right away because we only have limited time. Is that okay? Is there anything else I got to – am I forgetting something? I know I'm forgetting something. Probably, but I am too. Okay, okay. We had like two of these or two days off because of the weather in a row. That's weird. I haven't had that before. I've never had that. All right. Second uh, Samuel chapter 23. This is verses 3 and 4. The God of Israel sp- spoke. The rock of Israel said to me, the one who rules the people with justice, who rules in the fear of God, is like the morning light. When the sun rises on a cloudless morning, the glisten of rain on sprouting grass. People don't realize how poetic. That's one of the saddest things, how absolutely poetic certain things are in Scripture. I mean, you know, hello, darkness, my old friend, is from Ecclesiastes, just in case you didn't know that. Here's what uh, it says. The God of Israel spoke. The rock of Israel said to me, the one who rules the people with justice, who rules in the fear of God, is like the morning light when the sun rises on a cloudless morning, the glisten of rain on sprouting grass. God is the rock. So in case you're missing that, God is our rock. Jesus is the rock. He's called the rock. God is our rock. 
And then here's how God defines ruling injustice. And the reason I bring this up is this whole show is kind of geared towards a little bit towards the Ukraine situation, a little bit towards the insanity of uh, humanity trying to control things. Here's what God, here's how God defines people in government ruling correctly. He defines this as ruling with justice, not not. You, know, you go back and you sue them or you get a whole bunch of people and you, you, know, you protest or all that other stuff that everybody does so that they can be known and seen and famous. In God's mind, ruling in justice means ruling in the fear of God. That means that whatever you do, you do with the knowledge that God is watching you do it. If every ruler on this planet did that, in every ruling capacity, things would be so different. Remember we talked, I think it was, what, Tuesday? We talked about what would you, if Jesus was in the room, what would you, would you do it differently? This is my answer. If Jesus is in the room, then do the rulers make the same kind of decisions? That's the thing. God's like, you want to rule justly? You want, And this is what we ought to be praying for our leaders. Whether you like the leaders or not is not relevant at this point. What's relevant is that the wisdom of God and the truth of God and the power of God and the fear of God is a part of who they are, a part of their lives. Whether you're supportive or you're dismissive, whether you—and I know there's a lot of people that dislike, a lot of people like, a lot of people argue about this, that. I don't care. Whoever is in charge— let them rule in the fear of the Lord so that there can be some sense of actual justice. Right leadership is seen as the morning light. We can see it clearly because the leadership is in submission to God. That's when you know it's right. Right now, we look at all the leadership, not just in our country and all these countries, and we go, huh? <laughs> Scratching our heads going, oh, that's crazy stuff. Right leadership is also seen in, in the glistening of the rain where we can see refreshing sight because of great God-fearing leadership. And what we ought to be doing is praying for all of our leadership to function in the fear of God. Then we'd have a shot for a little while anyway. Unfortunately, at some point it has been prophesied that it will go so we'll just have to trust in the Lord. Hopefully, all the premillennial dispensationalists will be right, and then we'll all go with a do-do-do. That'd be great. Okay. Uh, who said you are the God who sees me? Who said you are the God who sees me? That would be Hagar. Hagar said that in the Old Testament in the book of Genesis. Female Hagar. Okay. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. You know, it's not just the audience that needs stuff. Sometimes the host needs a little bit of a, you know. A little Tell bit me the show's a- all about you. Well, this segment is. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not about the show. But I would say this segment, and it actually has a title for the DDD. It's called Joke Time. Is Christian humor allowed in teaching? We've actually had complaints 
You know, oh, you can't teach the gospel and use humor. That's why Jesus called uh, James and John the sons of thunder, because it wasn't a humorous quip. You're right. Uh, Pretty bad exegetical process, but let's look at it. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22. Proverbs 17, 22. A joyful heart is good medicine. A joyful heart is good medicine. You've heard that before. That's not new. You know that's the case. But what happens is people take these unique interpretations in Scripture, and they think that it applies to all processes. So somebody actually said to a member at our station, you can't use levity in the gospel proclamation because Paul says you can't do it in 2 Corinthians. And it's like, "Eh, wrong answer. This is why we do the thing called read. That's always fun. And uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7 says this, in case you were trying to figure out where did that word levity come from. It's only in one translation. It's actually never used in any other capacity. But here is what he was talking about. Was I fickle when I intended to do this? Or when I made my plans, did I make so in a worldly manner in the same breath as to say yes, yes, and no, no? The only time that the potential word levity is used is when Paul is talking about meeting with the Corinthians. And the one interpretation you could use is, was I using lightness? It's not really the word for levity, just in case you're wondering. But was I use, did I use lightness when I made my plans with you? In other words, was I kidding around when I made plans to come see you? No. That's what Paul said. Not, you can never use humor. So whoever kind of swapped those two together really, really needs really needs to, like, relax. I think that would be the key. And then for those that are just curious, you know, when the gospel talks about, this is kind of one of those classic things, when the gospel talks about making declaration and the foolishness of preaching, the word is moria, moria, from which we get the word silliness. So Paul's like, yeah, preaching the gospel for the Greek people and for the Jewish people in large, it's kind of like a silliness thing. Yeah, that's what he said. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Uh, Here's our next trivia question. Who addressed on Mars Hill? Who made the address on Mars Hill that began with, Men of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. Who made that address? Boy, Joy Ann and Cordelia. Bam. That's fast. Who made the address on Mars Hill that began, Men of Athens. I wonder if he did it that way. Men of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. Who said that in the New Testament? If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. We will, of course, at this moment send you to the website, and we will just tell you, do the best you can. I mean, if if you're able to give, if you've never given before and you're concerned that something weird will happen, nothing uh, that I know of has ever happened. Uh, uh, and, uh, if you're not comfortable, then pray for us because we need that prayer support more than any other thing that there is. Please go to he must 
prayer request? Hemosincrease.org. Praise report? Hemosincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemosincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemostincrease.org. Hemostincrease.org. I just, I think that's just legend. <laughs> Did you ever decide whether you're going to take them all together and put them one after the other? We need to do that, though. I know, I know that it's you... on my to-do list. Okay, as long as it's on there. All right, uh, we are going to do history, and then we'll do our teaching. We want to talk about uh, forgiveness because God forgives sins, so uh, people can't. But it's like, no, wait, people can forgive sins, but wait, they can't always forget. So we're going to talk about all that. Okay, I know that's fun. But in the meantime, let's do history real quick. Let's go. All right, now there's a couple of really good things today. Number one, it's chocolate-covered nut day, which is like, okay, that's chocolate-covered nuts of any kind. I like Jordan almonds, stuff like that. Those are cool. It's also National Clam Chowder Day, which I like clam chowder, but Noelle can't stand clam chowder. She hates it. Manhattan or New England? Uh, both. I like I love I love the red and the white. I'm sorry. I can't I can't. Although um <clears throat> the New England's the one with the the potato, right? Is that right? I like that a little more. Cuz I am a potato guy. It's also National Chili Day, and we're not talking about being cold. <laughs> okay. As well as National Toast Day, which kind of makes sense because with chili I always have some kind of bread. So that's all right. <laughs> Is it ever toast? <laughs> well, I mean, I have toast with anything that can have That's the, true. I mean, what cannot have toast be with? I mean, when you eat pizza, it's actually just toast underneath. Come on. All right. Uh, 1836, Samuel Colt invented the Colt Revolver. 1837, the next year, the electric, electric printing press is patented. The electric printing press in 1837. Uh, 1901, J.P. Morgan Incorporated United States Steel Corporation. Uh, for those a little more involved, in 1933, the first aircraft carrier was launched. The name, the USS Ranger. USS Ranger. Interesting. This ought to make uh, everybody think, uh, I, don't, I don't know how to say this to anybody. Uh, 1972. 72. <laughs> 1972 was the beginning of Happy Days and A. You don't really know what that is, do you? You never really watched that, did you? That was a little bit past. I your mean, head. I know what that was supposed to be. Okay, that's the fans going. All right. And then finally, uh, definitely not the least. Okay, which is my way of saying one of my favorites. 1970, voiced by Jim Henson, was the classic bathtub song, "Rubber Ducky." I mean, that's just. If that doesn't make you smile, I, oh, can I? T I'll tell them. Then I gotta do the trivia and then go on. So, <clears throat> in our family, we do really weird things that people don't know about. And so, uh, one of my gifts that Noel got me—I don't think I mentioned this—was I got a little penguin that had sunglasses that you can hang in the car because it looks funny. I like stuff like that. And then I got a rubber duck, and it had a propeller on its head. So my son comes over, and we're like, we're giving this stuff to the grandkids. They think it's really cool. And my son is like, yeah, we're not taking that stuff home. So I'm like, what do you mean you're not taking that stuff home? 
And he's like, we're not, I'm not putting that in my house. <laughs> That's what he told me. That's right, folks. I get it everywhere. So <clears throat> we said, fine, fine. And the kids were like, oh, oh, right. So then we went to visit them like five days later, just before Christmas. And they, they're in a newer neighborhood, so he does. I know he doesn't always lock his door. So I went to his car door before we went inside. I opened up his door, and in the side door panel, I put the rubber duck inside his car, inside the bottom handle. He did not discover that until like a week and a half ago. They've had the rubber duck the whole time. That's right. That's right. I better get to the teaching. That's just... <laughs> He's like, very funny, Dad. That's right. I thought it was funny. Mark chapter 2. This is a long text. Bear with me. By the way, our, our uh, trivia question. Men of Athens, who said this? I see that in every way you are very religious. Who said that? There's somebody in the book of Acts said that. Who said that? If you think you know, you can reach out to us. You can call 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. Or you can send an email, david at hemusincrease.org. Mark chapter 2, verse 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and so on. A few days later, when Jesus entered again to Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered there, and there were so many people in the room, there was no room left in the house, even even outside the door. And he preached the word. And some men came, and they brought to him a paralytic carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus, and digging through it, lowered the mat, with the paralyzed man who was lying on it. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking this? What's easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or get up, take your mat and walk but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. See that right there? This is where people visit. Right there, right there. That you may know that the Son of Man, that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. That's what he said. Then he says, I tell you, uh, he said to the paralytic, I tell you, Take up your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat, walked out in full view of them all, and amazed everyone that was was astounded, and they praised God, saying, we've never seen anything like this before. Here's what you got to catch, okay? Only God can forgive sin, but let me make you under—or let me try and help un- make that understandable. You can certainly forgive sin when somebody sins against you. Yes. God even gives us commandments to do so. Yes. You can forgive sin when people sin against you. Sure. God is the only one who can forgive your sin when you sin against him. Got it? You can forgive people when they sin against you. Yes. But you can't forgive somebody else's sin on the other side of the street that you don't know and have no relationship with and that they've committed a sin. You don't have the authority to forgive their sins. Only God has the authority to forgive other 
people's sins. And when all the theologians got together and said, Jesus doesn't really say that he's God in the Gospel of Mark, not only are they, uh, uh, well, let's use this phrase, chowderheads, but they are also distinctly wrong because Jesus makes the argument right here that he is God by saying, who had no relationship with this guy whatsoever, your sins are forgiven. Only God could have done that. Exactly. (laughs) That's exactly the point. Exactly what Jesus is trying to declare. Exactly what people are trying to understand. That you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. We can forgive others when they sin against us, but only God has the authority to forgive the sins of others. So once again, and in the Gospel of Mark, maybe nine or 12 times for the brilliant theologians, Jesus declares himself divine by declaring the forgiveness of sins for this guy that he had never met and never talked to. That's important for you to understand. Because Jesus is not a really cool teacher. Or, as some people have even said to me, well, he's a great moral teacher. Well, that great moral teacher taught that he was God. So if he was a great moral teacher and he taught that he was God, either he was a liar or you're really bad at responding to his teaching. (laughs) You see how that, there's no other, not a lot of room there. (laughs) That's right. And you think, but, but. Are you trying to that? That's it. That's what people didn't get. Jesus is the exact representation of God the Father in human form on the earth. You want to know what God is like? Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You will find out in a hurry. That's the picture of God. You really want to understand? Examine the life of Jesus Christ. He had authority to forgive sins of others. Only God possesses that authority. Ah See that? Like that. Good Christology right there. Good uh, Hamartiology right there. Good Soteriology right there. Who addressed the Mars Hill crew and began by saying, Men of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. That would be the Apostle Paul. That's what he said. He didn't crucify them for that. He used that as an entry point. I see you're very religious. I'm going to tell you something now. Listen to what I have to say. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Who is David Spoon? I have no idea. People have asked me about the David Spoon Experience. They wanted to know what I thought of them. Like any person searching for answers, I have wondered about him. He was born and raised Jewish and after intense drug use, became a Christian. He's married to his best friend, Noel, has three children, six grandchildren, plus two dogs named Levi and Bert. He has three separate ordinations from three different denominations and is a summa cum laude for his BA degree in ministry and leadership as well as a master's degree of theological studies and is involved in a Ph.D. program. He has a weird sense of humor and talks a lot. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? No, I don't think so. And those big ears really don't help him. 
But would they enjoy his perspective on life, culture, politics, food, sports, local and national news? I don't know. I guess people will have to listen to find out. What is the David Spoon experience? My guest on the phone today is absolutely no exception and is one of the top tiers. Uh, I want to say welcome to Dr. David Jeremiah from Turning Point. Dr. Jeremiah, welcome to the show. Thank you. I, be with you. It's great to have you on the show. I was doing a little bit of research, and I just wanted to ask you, because I want to talk about the new book, and I want to talk about the study Bible you just released and Turning Point, but I was going over some of the materials you've done, and I, and I, on my list I have that you've done at this point, and if I'm wrong, correct me, uh, at least 53 books with three New York Times bestsellers and one about to be a fourth New York Times bestseller, 100 Bible study guides, and you sold more than 4 million books. Is that right? Well, you know more about that than I do, but that sounds that sounds probably about right. Yeah, that is absolutely amazing. So everybody who's uh, listening to this uh, uh, broadcast right now certainly, I'm sure, wants to send out their appreciation for you taking the time and committing yourself to this process. I was uh, going through your background, and, and as I was reading it, I understand that you actually accepted the Lord as your uh, Savior when you were 14. Is that right? That's about right. Yeah, that's about how old I was. Yeah. So you were you were young when you came into the faith. Actually, I I really had a head start in many respects because I was born into the family of a pastor, and I heard the gospel many many times and probably had some preliminary experiences before I truly understood it for myself at that age. <clears throat> so I was blessed to be brought up in a Christian home with with the message of the gospel very very familiar to me. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770. That's crinkling paper, by the way. Uh, There's no expense on sound effects. That's right. <laughs> do, we, do we actually have sound effects? Did you hear our, motor, our, our, our motorboat? Did you hear our motorcycle? <laughs> Notice how they sound similar? I'm <laughs> just asking you. <laughs> All right. So uh, it's KAAMN 770, <laughs> the truth station here in Texas. That's right. You might as well enjoy it. Now, look, it's going to be, I- I'm just going to say this. I'm just going to be completely for it. It's The news you're going to hear is going to get worse. I just, I'm just being honest. It's going to get worse, uh, not from just a, uh, a warfare point of view, from a political point of view. Uh, I've been wanting to say this for a long time. i got to be really careful. But, you know, they always do the State of the Union. Uh, state of the Union. The State of the Union is strong. The State of the Union is strong. Our State of the Union was strong for three months after 9-11. But outside of the last 20 years, there has not been a still What State of the Union? There has been no union. I mean, even in the election in 2000, they had to go to the Supreme Court to get an answer who was elected. It's like, that, it's not union. But I don't think that's I could be wrong, but you know, I would think unity is, you know, being united, I guess, to some degree. Anyhow, uh going past all that stuff, let's do our last trivia question and then we'll do our last teach. Uh okay, who said this? Who said this? Do whatever he tells you. Uh who who gave this instruction to the servants at a wedding? Do whatever he tells you. 
Who gave that instruction? Do whatever he tells you. Joy Ann and Cordelia are just like on fire. Who said at a wedding, do whatever he tells you? In my life, it would never have gone that way. That person in my life never said, do whatever he does. But that's what she said. If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. And then you can send an email, david at org. Now, uh, we do have somebody calling in. Uh, we'll get the chance to see. Um, let's see. To see, to see, to see, to see, to see, to see. Yes, no, maybe yes. Okay, here we go. Here, lean in, lean in. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, David. This is Deborah. Hi, Deborah. How are you? I'm good today. How about you? I'm doing good. I'm just glad to be back in the studio. I mean, I just like being here and just like engaging with everybody. <laughs> so I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for asking me. I appreciate that. Okay. Now, here's a classic, right? Who gave this instruction to the servants at a wedding? Do whatever he tells you. Uh, Mary. That is correct! Yes! And the reason that I made a quick reference to that is my mom would never, ever, in a gazillion, bazillion, trazillion years say, do whatever he tells you. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> never, ever even have entered her lips. In fact, it would only be, do what I tell you. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Same with my mom. <laughs> So funny. Excellent job. Way to nail that down right away. Very, very good. That's what we needed. We needed just a straight answer. That was Mary. Do whatever he touched. You know what? That's just good advice for all of us, isn't it? Well, you and Chris have a good weekend. All right. You too. God bless you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Don't forget to keep Susie in prayer. She needs prayer on a uh, pretty regular basis. Okay. I guess Steve and I are going to have a, a briefy dis- theological discussion because I talked about forgiving other people's sins and he brought up John 20. I love you, brother. Right, he sees that as an extension of the apostle's authority. <laughs> That's my answer. Nyet. Okay, well, I probably shouldn't have said that. Anyway, all right. Let me finish this show with something from our great friend, Pastor Ray, who, as you know, many of you know, uh, he passed away and, and uh, went on to be with the Lord. And I'm jealous and I'm mad at him and all those things. I'm still working through most of that. It's just I have all of his texts. By the way, I know this sounds crazy, but I got this program called—I won't tell you what the program is. I spent $5 to get this program, and it takes all your texts and downloads them into a app or into a Word doc. And so I have all my correspondence with him over the years. It's like huge. It's like, wow, I didn't realize it that much. Anyway, here's one of the uh, things that he did, one of his uh, more favored or one of my uh, more treasured devotions. It's called Help My Unbelief. All right, it says this. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. That's Mark chapter 9, verse 24. A despairing father cried these words to Jesus. His admission of unbelief had nothing to do with doctrine, creeds, or religious issues. Right there, that makes Ray one of my favorite writers. His admission of unbelief had nothing to do with doctrine, creeds, or religious issues. Neither did his declaration of I believe. He was a man with a dying son. And as he watched over his sick and possessed child, he realized he could lose him. He admitted what is true for all of us, 
during the crises of life. We are a mixture of belief and unbelief. Most believers believe. We accept the truth of God's existence, and we cling to the hope of his love. But there are times when faith is hard to grasp, hard to feel, difficult to see. We wrestle with our mixed emotions. Have you ever felt like you just need to throw off the pretense, the carefully protected image of good Christian or faithful churchgoer, and declare in total honesty, help me with my unbelief? By including this story in the Gospels, the Lord is giving us permission to do just that. This desperate father knew where to turn when the person he loved most on earth, his beloved son, was in danger. He had that much belief. His emotions, his fears, and his natural love for his son may have interfered with that belief, but he knew where to turn for help. Jesus was quick to relieve him. He healed the man's son and taught his disciples the power of prayer. He demonstrated once again his unfailing love. So Ray concluded his devotional with a quote by Emily Dickinson saying, We both believe and disbelieve a hundred times an hour, which keeps faith nimble. Wow. I will never, ever, 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 ever write stuff. That's just genius stuff, okay? Here's what I think is important about that. For me, I had a very significant moment in my Christianity. When I uh, became a Christian, I said, yes. I said, I surrender. You know, people say you have to say this, that, whatever. That's baloney. You just have to look up to God and go, "Uh uh-huh. There's got to be some uh uh-huh, right? I don't know how that's got to go. I know everybody's got a formula. That's just goofy. Jesus didn't—you don't have to live and die by formulas. You can just, you know, have that moment, that seed of faith. After I became a Christian, the Lord challenged me to stop doing some of the things that I was doing. And some of the things that I was doing— was really bad. I was not only was I a purveyor of recreational pharmaceuticals, but I was an abuser of those same pharmaceuticals. And the Lord spoke to me uh, one time very, very clearly, and and uh, I guess I'll share that on our three-year anniversary coming up uh, in a couple of weeks. I'll kind of get into a little more depth in that uh, about March 18th or so. But sufficient to say that when I had recognized that it was God and not me and my drugs <laughs> that had spoke to me, I had this moment of prayer with the Lord that I still consider today, 43 and a half years later, the single most purest, most moment of honesty of my existence. And I told the Lord, I can't do this can't. Can't do it. You're going to have to change me. I can't do this. You got to change me on the inside. I can't go with it where I'm at. Can't do it. You got to change me. And you think, well, that's kind of a weird way to, no, I think that was as honest as you just, as honest as the day is long and there's long days. It's like, look, it's beyond me. It's beyond my scope. I just, I can't. What I can do 
is ask you to help me. And I remember I went to bed that night. I went to bed a little earlier than normal. And I woke up that next morning. And you know how people say you wake up and it's like, oh, the sun was shining and the birds were singing and rainbows. None of that. None of that existed. Zero. But you know what I did know? I knew that God heard me. And that was kind of like, I think, all I needed to know. Like somehow, in knowing that God heard me, that was it. <laughs> so weird. Uh, it was just like a weird time where you just was like, I don't know, I don't think I was numb. I mean, I'm just trying to think about it as I went through it. I, I relive it on a regular basis in the capacity of knowing it was a, the most purest moment of a of a creator of a creation responding to its creator for me. But I knew my creator heard me. Nothing else. And that was it. And then there was nothing else. All because of the honesty of the moment. When you pray, you're not hiding anything from God. Just be real. Be yourself. He is with you. All right? Be who you are meant to be, who you are created to be, with the weaknesses. Bring them before your king. And he will help you prevail. Got it? Okay. All right, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. We're taking a 72-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. It may be false, but it feels the same. So I punish myself. I go down to the jail of my soul. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.